Okay, for my guest at this time, I have Alex Sokol. Alex, how are you doing? Doing well, bro. Doing well. Just trying to get through this quarantine, man. So what are you doing to keep your body in shape and get, make sure you're getting enough shots in every day? Yeah, uh, I mean, so I'm in Santa Barbara right now. I luckily have a homie out here who knows of, like, a bunch of outdoor courts. So I've just been doing that. We've been shooting. Um, pretty nice outdoor court. I haven't been able to get into a gym here. Um, been up in San Jose and L.A. too, like, same type thing. I've gotten into my high school gym at San Jose, in San Jose for, like, a workout. But, yeah, so shooting-wise, just really outdoor courts, the best ones I could find. And then lifting-wise, just – prison style like push-ups pull-ups yep. run you know how it is like there's I can't get I don't have weight so I'm using bands but just trying to stay as fit as I can right now so how did your team at uh, Cal State Northridge take like the cancellation of the Big West tournament because like you guys were getting ready to play and everything yeah uh I mean so as a team it was tough because we had won our last four games we finished second in conference. We had just beaten Irvine, who was top of the conference. So we felt like we could win the whole thing, honestly. So we were thinking, like, we have a chance at the NCAA tournament. Um, and, like, for some of our guys, it was tough because, I mean, for me, I redshirted this past season. So it hurt me, but it was more painful for, like, the main guys who were playing. And you play a whole season to have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, especially as, like, a smaller school, like mid-major school you understand that the only way to make it is through the tournament. So it was almost like our second place finish didn't feel as good in a sense because it got canceled. How did the seniors take it? Because like that was like their last chance to like make the tournament. Yeah. Well, our team, we didn't have many seniors, honestly. Oh. The only senior we had, he didn't play because he had back surgery last year. So it was kind of more like um, – it was more tough for the guys who knew they weren't going to be here next year, like Lamine, Terrell, all those guys. Okay, so can you talk about your time at Cal State Northridge? Like, what was the biggest shift from high school to the D1 level? Okay, can you talk about your time at Cal State Northridge? Like, what was, like, the biggest adjustment from high school to the D1 level? Okay, yeah. So for me, personally, the biggest adjustment was just sheer like athleticism and strength. Like in high school, I wish I would have taken the weight room more seriously, honestly. Um, you know, you they always tell you like it's a different level athletically, but until you really get there, you don't see it. For me, that was my biggest jump that I had to make was taking like my body more seriously. I mean, my skill set was always there, but I just noticed like you have to be able to hold yourself out there physically. And so for me, that was my biggest jump. And I think a lot of people going into college, that's their biggest jump as well, is just the difference in athleticism between high school and Division One level. It's, it's pretty, pretty clear. Like, you better get ready for that type of physicality. Can you talk about, like, I heard you say this before, like, the being able to shoot quickly, like, you won't have time to, like, just take your time. Like, it's, like, it's way different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, the shots that are open in high school – where maybe there's no hand in your face in college, if your footwork's not quick, if you're not ready to shoot, those shots turn from being open to you're either going to get your stuff swatted into the third row or it's just going to be a rush shot and your whole mechanics are going to be off and your percentages are going to go down. That was the thing I had to get my release, how to get faster when I came to college. And I realized that quickly because 
shots that I was getting in high school in college, I'm falling back now on my shot or I'm not sticking to like what I know helps me make shots. And that was an adjustment I had to make was just making sure I'm shot ready at all times and getting my release as quick as possible. Okay, so I was, I was looking at you guys' record your freshman year and sophomore year, you went from 6 and 24 to 13 and 21. Like, how tough was it to have back-to-back seasons that were, like, losing? So, like, how, how was it on your mind and everything? So, freshman year coming in, we were horrible. Like, when I tell you, we had a team that was just straight dysfunctional, and I wasn't used to that. Um, I mean, I'm not saying at Valley I had a great winning team, but we won – my senior year, we won games. Like, we made it to the CCS finals. And, like, being a young guy on a team that was dysfunctional, I learned a lot of what not to do as, like, a senior or a leader of the team. We didn't have any leadership on that team. And it just – it showed me, too, how in college, like, little things matter. Our team didn't take little things seriously. And a lot of times we weren't getting blown out. Like, out of those 24 losses, probably only four games where we really just got beat. 20 of them was just straight discipline and habits. And that also like was an eye opener, like habits, winning habits is key to winning teams. And yeah, it was, it was rough. Cause when you're not winning and a coach's job's on the line, that coach takes it out on the players a lot of times. And so he knew his job was on the cusp of like being, you know, over and cause he hadn't done well. And so practices was brutal like four or five hour practices running. I mean, it probably didn't help us, but that's just how it was. Um, And then the following year, it was like a new staff comes in. We did better, but you got to build. You're rebuilding now when a new staff comes in because you got some of the old recruits. I was one of the old recruits with some new kids, freshmen. It's just, it takes a while. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, I hate losing. I really do. but especially losing and then sometimes you're not even getting burned if you're not getting burned it's just a mental grind like so yeah that was that was my first two years with uh that yeah so like for a team like to make the ncaa tournament like that is really hard to do you gotta sometimes win your conference if you don't win your conference then you gotta do something like really good in the regular season so like what you're saying is like every little thing matters to like to get to like where everyone wants to go like in march exactly like and especially for for our conference, um, like Irvine last year made it to the round of 32. They ended up getting into the tournament, beating Kansas State, and then like fought a good team and lost. But they like watching them play and us playing against them, they were so disciplined. Like even their warm ups, like starting with their warm ups, I know it's like cheesy, but they came in the gym and had a routine. Everybody had their own routine, and then their team had a routine. and it carries it carried into the way they played um and our tournament even if you win our tournament you got to win the tournament like conference tournament to make it because you're not going to be ranked top it's very you'd have to go like 25 and 0 or 26 and 1 to even be ranked top 25 in our conference so when it gets to march and you have to win three games that's when you see like what your team's made of when it's winning time and so that's why the little things it's all about possessions like one wasted possession you never know when in a game that's going to come back and haunt you. Can you talk about, like, how, like, how it affects you, like, when there's a coaching staff change, like, because, like, you're with them for a whole year, and, like, maybe, like, that was the plan for, like, the next three years, and then it just switches on you? Yeah, so it's 
going through it personally, I can tell you it's, it's definitely something that's tough because right off the bat, when you're not there recruit, I mean, it's at the end of the day, college basketball is a business. So they're showing they, if the old recruits that they bring in are better than the recruits they bring in and the old recruits are the ones that are killing, which in our case on our team, I felt like the old recruits that we had that stayed were, better than the people they brought in and our two leading scorers was Reggie Theus's recruits, not our new staff's recruits. So just that alone, it kind of a coach's ego, there's egos in college coaches and for them, they want their recruits to do well to show that they changed the program. So being not one of their top guys and not being their recruit. I mean, I went through the whole package of like, you know, he brought in the coach, the new coach too, had brought in family members that were related to him. So, I mean, I just, I learned a lot from it though. Like you could always play above it and you got to have the, like the big picture in mind. Cause if you're sometimes shit's not going your way. And if you're just focused on those negative things, I mean, like I've seen people just want to quit like straight up. We had a kid quit on our team, like just not want to play basketball anymore. It could be tough, but yeah, coaching change is tough because they are going to show their recruits more love for sure. I feel like this D life, uh, D one life is like, not, it's not like not what it's like set out to be. It's just like it's a really hard grind. Like it's oh, not yeah. easy. Like you have it's to not, yeah, it's not. Uh, is is really not for everybody. Like I know they say that, but you have to be willing to first off like make sacrifices because you're not going to be able to do what a normal college kid does if you want to actually be good at what you're doing. I mean, you could get away with partying every weekend and and still living a college life, but you're not going to be able to do it well at a high level. And for me, like, I I still enjoyed college. Like, I still went out and, like, did what I wanted to do. I kept my grades high, but it's commitment all the time. And especially if you're one of the main – like, if you're the top guy on a team or the second guy on a team – and you're playing, it's it's easy. But sometimes you're traveling, and you don't even know if you're going to get minutes that next game or not, and you still got an essay to write. You still, let's say you're on a losing streak, you're watching film in a hotel for two hours as a team. And, I mean, it, it definitely is it, – it can get tiring. But if you love it enough, you'll stick through it. That's That's my take on it. There's a lot of props, though, don't get me wrong. Like, there's definitely a lot of benefits as well. So if you could describe your game in three words, like what would you say? Three words. Okay. High IQ marksman. Mm-hmm. How, so, how important is that? So basically what I mean by high IQ marksman, I like to look at myself as a specialty player. Like I think my best attribute is scoring and shooting the ball. So a marksman, like somebody who's a dead-eye shooter, but I feel like I know the game well. So high IQ is important, especially if you're not one of the most athletic dudes on the court. You got to be smarter than everybody like me. I mean, I'm not going to be the fastest, the strongest, the tallest dude on the court, but I can make up for a lot of those things with just understanding the game. And that's one thing I've transitioned myself. Like I take film seriously, like little things for me matter more than someone who is jumping out the gym because he's got more room for error. My room for error is small. So I take 
what I do and try to be the best at what I do with little details. Like uh, I'm sure you've like seen all the Kobe detail videos. Like those are a little extreme, but the point is like, uh, you have to like know the game and know how to do, you have to know what you do and then try to be the best at what you do. Cause at the end of the day, like if you want to even play pro or beyond college, you're going to have to fit a role on a pro team. Anyways, you're not going to come in and be the main piece. Usually it's very rare. So you have to know what you do and then be the best at what you do. So that's, that's kind of like my mentality. I'm not saying like not to work on my game, but I got to make sure I'm the best at what I do. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about your redshirt year? Like how important was that? And like, what did you want to improve on the most? Oh yeah. So last year I redshirted, I think it was the best decision I could have made because for me, there were some things like that totally stood out to me on what I needed to improve on. And it was mostly off the court stuff. It was physically like in the weight room. I need to get faster, stronger, just like when I came into college, but now I have a year to be able to just focus on it. And looking at it now, um, definitely like playing in the Drew League helped me a lot because I was able to get real film against high level players and then be able to take it into my redshirt year. And, um, so yeah, like I worked out in the weight room hard this year. I definitely put on muscle. I got my jumping ability higher for sure. I got a little quicker. So defensively I'm better now. That was my main focus was just physically being better and then being more efficient at everything I do. So like working out at game speed instead of just getting shots up or shooting shots that I'm going to shoot in a game because I had film from my sophomore year that I, I had minutes some games and I didn't play how I wanted to play because I wasn't working out at that speed that I needed to. So that was my main focus. And then just, just playing as much as I could. And then this whole Corona thing, like that was another positive of me redshirting. I'm not going to lie to you because this was the year to do it. Yeah. Can you talk about your um, Drew League experience? Like how was it to play against NBA players, college and pro players? Like just being around them. Yeah. So the Drew League was, was for sure the best thing I could have played in because for one, it's a confidence builder. Like you're playing in a very high like marketed league like people in the summertime that's the biggest summer league you could play in and then there's all the big names like Lamelo, all the all these dudes are playing in it and for me I went out and played well I played for Meta World Pieces team so he was my coach which like I think I told you some stories about him yeah. but he's he's wild but he taught me a lot um the Drew League's cool because it's game reps in the summertime and for people that don't think like, cause some summer leagues are sometimes looked at as like bad basketball, but people now the Drew League's taken very seriously because people are getting contracts out the Drew League now. So people play hard, especially as it gets closer to playoffs. And then um, for me, like it was, I was able to get good film. And so I could watch what I could take from the Drew League and bring it into my college season. So that was, that was a key for me. So recently you committed to Cal State LA, a D2. Yeah. So yeah. Like, what ultimately led to that decision, leaving uh, CSUN? So there's a couple of things. Um, for one, I graduated from CSUN. So I was like, my degree, I got my degree from CSUN in three years. Um, I have two years left to play. So I was thinking to myself, what's the best opportunity for me? Cause my end goal is to become a pro. So I was thinking, how can I become a pro? 
and what's the best situation for me. So CSUN, like we talked about, the coaching change happened. And at a certain point, I felt like I've worked my ass off. Like I felt like I showed these coaches who, what I could do. And I just didn't feel I was really part of their plans. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big decision for me entering the transfer portal was I'm not part of their plans. And even if I am, I'm still not confident that I'm going to get what I need to get out of CSUN. So I went in the portal. I didn't have Cal State LA in mind when I went into the portal. Um, it's kind of funny. Like my best college game, I would say, was against Cal State LA. So they knew of me as soon as I went into the portal. And um, I had a, f a few other calls. Like I had, I actually turned down two Division One schools um, just because being in LA is a prime for not only basketball, just like, like if you want to make connections, LA is probably the place to be. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I've made connections with just by being in LA. So the other places that I had was like Alabama, in Alabama, it was a school in Illinois. It wasn't, I would get more out of playing at Cal State LA, even though it's a D2, it's, I realize like the older I've gotten, it's more about, you need to be on the court, you need film, you need to be playing, you need to be excelling. And really, no matter the level, it's still a high level of basketball. And I know I'm going to excel there and I'm gonna have a bigger role than I would at CSUN. So I'm going to be able to show more of what I could really do. Like I won't just be a guy who comes in as expected to hit shots. I'm gonna have more of a scoring role, more of a leadership role. So I just felt for my after college, uh, you know, dreams, it was the best option for me. So what do you think of um, someone that wants to transfer? Like, what should they look for in a school when making a big decision like that? I mean, first and foremost, you got to do what's best for you because I've learned in my time in college, especially the D1 level, it is a business. Like, everybody's looking out for themselves, including coaches. Don't put all your trust into one coach because they're trying to feed their family just like you're trying to feed yours. And so what, if you're going into the transfer portal, you got to look at what's the best fit for you, no matter what anybody else tells you. You got to look for a coach. First off, the coach just has to believe in you. Like you could hear on the phone, if you're their top guy, that's a bonus. Because when you're school's top guy, you get extra love from a coach and that's just confidence. And, and I've seen it firsthand. When a coach believes in you, it's much easier to play than when you're just another guy. And so definitely a coach that believes in you, a system that fits you, you want to play in a, you need to know who you are as a player and what type of system is going to fit you. And then lastly, um, like just locationally, like I think a, a big thing I learned was you should go to college where you think you could settle down after college. Mm -hmm. um, one of my actually teammates told me about that because when he, he was in the transfer portal, he ended up like signing to San Diego State over Iowa State simply because he could see himself moving to San Diego, but he couldn't see himself in Iowa. So I think that's a big thing, location and what you want to do after college. Um, those are the three biggest tips I would give a person. Yeah. So how excited are you to finally get on campus, play games? Because you sat out a year. Like, how excited are you to play? I'm dying to play because – like you said, I sat out last year. The last games I've played was the Drew League. That was a year ago because the Drew League would be happening right now. I mean, I'm – I can't wait. Don't, and it sucks that our season – our conference pushed back our season already to the spring, they said. 
and we can't even go on campus until spring. Our classes are online as of now. So when the time comes, I'm going to be, man, I'm going to be excited. I'm going to have to get my game shape ready, though, because it's been a long time. But I, I feel like I'll adjust fast. What is the idea of playing with no fans like as a basketball player? Because, like, that is very important to, like, for energy and just how, how would that feel? I mean, obviously, fans, every player wants to play in front of fans. It does create a great atmosphere when you're playing. For me personally, I just want to hoop. Like, I want to hoop in college. I mean, I feel like fans or no fans, I'm going to go out there and play just as hard, just as motivated. And another thing, too, is if there's no fans, it doesn't matter what school you're at, really, because <laughs> you just got to play at that point. Um I hope that by the time season starts, like if it's a difference between starting in the fall with no fans or waiting till the spring and having it back to normal, I think it would be a positive to just wait it out a few more months so we could have fans because it makes it a college atmosphere and everybody wants that. Um, but if it's no fans or no playing, then for me, it's an easy one. I want to play. So, yeah. So what is Cal State LA getting out of Alex Hopewood? I mean, really, they're going to get a player who, as a player, just a hard worker, I'm going to go in. I'm not really asking for anything given to me. I'm going to try and change this program around. Um, they've done well, but I feel like I'm the type of player that could come in with my shooting ability and what I've been through as a player and what I've been around. I'm going to go in and hopefully be able to to change the whole atmosphere of this program and I want to be a leader as far as with my actions. I'm I'm vocal, but I've just seen a lot of basketball and been around a lot of people, and, and I've learned a lot from myself. So, yeah, just definitely a dead-eye shooter, um, solid defender. I got a few goals for myself going there. Um, outside of basketball, just I just try to be a good person and try to inspire others to, you know, like live out their passions and stuff. Um, I know it sounds cheesy, but <laughs> – that's the truth, really. Yeah. What advice would you give to those young Hoopers that eventually want to play college basketball? Oh, yeah. Um, if you really want to do this, then then just don't let anybody tell you you can't. Like, for me, I was a freshman B-team basketball player my fr freshman year at Valley Christian. And I just take it day by day. That's key. Don't look too far ahead into the future. Just focus on each day and get a little bit better like they every coach is going to tell you get a little bit better but deep down when you go to sleep at night you know if you deserve to go to sleep that night like you know whether you really got better or not and so you got to be honest with yourself there's going to be days where you don't want to do something but think big picture like that's how I do it there's days you don't want to wake up early or you don't feel like working out but at some point you're not going to have the opportunity to work out so to young hoopers the window's small and you don't want to have regrets. That's my biggest thing. Like, if I'm not going to achieve what I'm going to achieve, I'm not going to have regrets. It's just going to be, I gave everything I had and it just didn't work, but I learned a lot from it. So that's my biggest advice. Just don't let people tell you what you can and can't do and put everything you have into it. Thank you. That was very good advice. Um, thank you for your time tonight, Alex, and good luck for your season in the fall or spring. Yeah. Yes, sir, bro. Appreciate it.